The Cactus Plant Flea Market Box has arrived at McDonald's. Order one and get a unique box with your choice of a Big Mac or 10-piece Chicken McNuggets and get fries, a drink, and one of four collectibles. At participating McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This holiday, treat the whole family to Hannah Anderson's best pajamas ever. Unbelievably soft, organic cotton pajamas your whole family will want to wear all season long. <laughs> Dozens of one-of-a-kind iconic prints guaranteed to find one you and your family will love. Turn everyday moments into holiday memories with the original family pajamas. Hannah Anderson, best pajamas ever. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live, but we got to let it breathe, boys and girls, just for a moment while we bring on the entirety of our community here, including Facebook. And we are good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime and deputy editor of milehighhuddle.com. You know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, I thought it was interesting being that here we are now, about five years removed. We're in the anniversary week of Super Bowl 50. It's now been five years. Of course, this Super Bowl is is like every Broncos fan's um, worst possible scenario. But five years later, where did the Broncos stand? What would it take five years, Super Bowl 50 in the rear view? How far away are the Broncos to getting back there? Well, let's analyze first what took them to that title game. And that was really, really elite defense and quarterbacking play with Osweiler filling in for Peyton Manning that year. So, you know, in terms of on the field, yeah, they have to have the Broncos defense the, that we all know and love, and that starts with Von Miller. And that's why I'm saying don't cut bait just yet. He's a future Hall of Fame pass rusher, and you might not get 2015 Von anymore, but if you want to get back to that level, you have to have him on your side. Great defense, elite defense, good quarterbacking, and also good coaching, Chad. The Broncos have not had this level of coaching since that picture was taken right there, since that season was completed. Vic Fangio is a far cry from what they had. So it's it's more of the same that we've been saying the last couple of years, at least on this podcast. Good quarterbacking play, good coaching, and good defense. That's the key to get back. You know, it's funny because, <clears throat> excuse me, we talk often on this podcast about how John Elway kind of went astray thinking that, you know, the Broncos were one middle-of-the-road quarterback away from winning it all again. But you look at this picture, all right, this is a – this guy's going in the Hall of Fame this year. This is Peyton Manning. This is not a middle-of-the-road quarterback, even in 2015. Yes, his faculties were leaving him. He was slowing down quick, but he still had that football brain. He's a five-time MVP, two years removed from setting every NFL passing record known to man. The Broncos had the quarterback. And let me tell you something. We all credit, and for obvious reasons, the defense as the tip of the spear for bringing home that third Lombardi, and justifiably so. But if Peyton Manning does not return to the starting lineup in week 17, the Broncos do not win the number one seed. They end up having to – they probably don't win the first playoff game. And if they do, they they have to travel to Foxborough. They sure as heck with Brock Osweiler do not beat, even with that great defense, Tom Brady and Foxborough. It took a franchise quarterback, in other words, to be that 
ingredient that gets you over the hump. You can have all the pieces in place. You can have the Von Millers in the peak of his career, the Demarcuses, the Trevathans, the Talibs, the Harrises, the Wards. You can have that in spades, Zach. But if you're missing the franchise quarterback, you're dead in the water. Yeah, and this was, you know, fortunately, this was before Mahomes entered the league. So it's easier to go through Brady in New England than it, and it is to easier to go through Mahomes in Kansas City. But, yeah, it all starts with the quarterback again. And he wasn't great that year, Peyton Manning, obviously. He wasn't the Peyton Manning that we all knew and loved. And like you said, he lost his faculties. But where he lagged, the, the defense stepped up. Or the defense lagged, the coaching stepped up. I saw a perfect comment on the side here in our comments section that said we had strong leadership that year. I agree with that. But it starts from the – the top down, coaching downward. You don't have that with the current iteration of the Broncos. You have a defensive-minded head coach who tends more to the defense, and he's hired a de facto offensive head coach in Pat Shermer. It's divided. You don't have the camaraderie. You don't have the tight-knit nature like you saw in 2015. So it takes a lot of ingredients, Chad. Quarterback, yes. Defense, yes. Coaching, yes. Leadership, chemistry, continuity. That's why the Broncos are hoping that C-word, again, continuity, they're hoping if they keep these pieces in place, are these pieces good enough collectively to lead them back to the promised land? I have my reservations, Chad, but you know, crazier things have transpired. I, don't, I want to come back to this. I don't want to let this go. I see so many of our great community members and listeners in the chat tonight. Good to see each and every one of you. Some superstars already doing their thing. Appreciate you guys. We're going to get to your supers here momentarily. And I want to come back to the, this topic of, you know, how far, just how far are the Broncos off? It might sound like a ridiculous question coming out of a 5-11 and 11 season, but I do want to continue to kind of touch on this. And then, of course, I want to dive a little bit deeper. I know we touched on it yesterday, Zach Kareem kind of openly recruiting Deshaun Watson on Twitter. But I want to dive back into that uh, on the other side here. First, we do have to say thank you to the presenting sponsor of tonight's live stream podcast, Manscaped. Guys, look, we're now in February. Hopefully you have now fully, fully embraced the new year, new me mindset. The best way to do it, though, to help you along, because you want to you cultivate and keep this mindset throughout the year, is with Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They've helped over 2 million men around the world keep their male grooming all right, on point. If you let yourself go in 2020 while you're in quarantine or whatever, Manscaped is here to help you reboot, Zach, and stay clean and shaved in 2021. That's right. I always talk about the nose hair trimmer, the weed whacker, but you have the lawnmower, and I want to just give you a – Almost, you know, real-time demonstration of how well it works. Right before the podcast, guys, if you notice, my scraggly beard is all gone now. I kind of had no shave January going on, but I broke out the Manscaped. You know, Chad's going to show it off. It's the uh, lawnmower 3.0 with the light. I use it to trim down to a nice... You know, surface level, not completely shaven off, but more presentable. Got the underneath. It's works for your arms, your back, your body, the nose, your ears. Manscaped is the way to go. It's affordable. It's it's convenient. You can it holds a charge forever, easy to travel with. I cannot recommend this more highly, Chad. This product. There you have it, guys. It's it's right there for the taking. And Zach landed on the A word there, which is affordable. And and if you use our code Huddle. That helps it become even more affordable because you'll get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. But let me just tell you one last thing about this lawnmower 3.0. It basically takes the best of all worlds with regards to uh, you know shavers, skin safe, the light I showed you kind of illuminate the undercarriage, but not so easy to see for most dudes, and reduce the nicks to your two best buddies there below the belt. So again, brace that new year, new me mindset 
with Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping when you use the code HUDDLE, Zach. Yes, again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code HUDDLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code HUDDLE. Happy New Year to you and your family jewels. All right, real quick, make sure everyone knows how to connect with us on Twitter. It's just so fun for us to see people that come from, I don't want to say like, um, you know, lurking or whatever. I just mean people that come from the, the audience that maybe aren't too oct- active in the chat stream when we're live, then they start becoming a little bit more active and then maybe they become superstar, whatever. And then they connect with us on Twitter. We get to engage with them there. It's just, it's very rewarding for us. All right. To be able to keep that conversation going there. And hopefully it is for, for those of you who do it with us over there as well. So connect on Twitter at huddle up pod. Also the main account at mile high huddle. My partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL. Myself, <clears throat> excuse me, at Chad and Jensen. And our producer, you know him as, as Buona Beast, and he's very lovable as Buona Beast. He's not a scary beast. He's he's a teddy bear beast. On Twitter, at John K M H H, as you can see on the screen there, you, you trust, you want to follow him. Check out the merch store, gang. This is just a gentle reminder, huddleuppod.com. Go get your swag on. Get an MHH trucker hat like you see me sporting here. Get one of the hoodies, T-shirt, mask. There's a little something for everybody. It's another way to support what we're doing here. And we have to continue to hammer the bell here, Zach. Our our Facebook supporting, subscribing community has grown quite significantly just over the last couple of weeks since we kicked off Kelberman's Corner. But we expect it to go gangbusters in the very, very near future. And it is. It's every single day new people coming into the fold. We want you in on that, all right? Even if you consume most of the, the, your MHH content on, on YouTube or if it's Twitch or if it's Periscope or if you're listening on you know Apple Podcasts, whatever, go to Facebook, all right? Find the Mile High Huddle page. First of all, make sure you're following that page. That doesn't cost you anything, right? It's free. And then there's a big blue button that says become a supporter. If you click that and sign up, you're not only supporting what we're doing here at MHH on the podcast and the video side and, and, and what we're building toward in 2021, but you get access. There's some bennies. You get access to Zach Kelberman's Kelberman Corner Show that he does with Kim Becker every Sunday at noon. Only supporters get that. That's not, Look, we have 92,000 or whatever followers on Facebook. When we do Kelberman's Corner, 92,000 people don't see that, only the supporters. So we want you in on that action. If you're watching now on, on Facebook, just scroll to the bottom where you would type in your chat. You'll see a green icon. If you click on that, that's another way to quickly sign up and become a supporter. We do appreciate those of you who have, and we do appreciate those of you who are considering doing so. And if you're not in a position, it's all good. Gang, we're just seriously stoked to have you with us. But, hey, please subscribe, number one. Number two, like this video. It helps us so much. You have no idea how just simply while you're watching, clicking the like button helps us. And the litmus test is number three, gang. If we're doing a good job for you, share this video out there. Help us continue to grow. And seriously, when I say share this video out there, we need to pump those numbers up. I was looking at it on on Facebook and YouTube the other day. We need to pump these share numbers up out there, gang. So help us grow. Help us continue to reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. Because think about how many Broncos fans right now, like you, are floating out in the sea of Broncos country, completely disconnected from the fact that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. They're missing out on this community, and you can help them find us. All right? We appreciate you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site. 
out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Industry leading, difference making, tomorrow shaping, world changing. These are a few of the adjectives people use to describe the technologies and companies Deloitte works with day in and day out. Join us, and soon those very same adjectives could describe your career too. Explore technology careers at Deloitte.com slash techcareers and make an impact on business, technology, and society while engineering your future. At Deloitte. All right, John, let's grab one or two supers if you have access to them. Thank you, uh, uh, Jose Antoni has a Jose Antoni Rivas. Appreciate that, my friend, on uh, on Facebook, the stars. Uh, CC on YouTube has a question. If there was one free agent corner that would be high value, in my opinion, it's Bashad Breland, a very solid cornerback, too. And he would be cheap compared to the Patrick Petersons or the, I always butcher that kid's name, Shadobe. Shadobe Awuzie, right? Something like that yeah. from CU. I feel you on that, CC. Zach, I know you've spent some time covering Awuzier. What are your thoughts here? He's very boomer bust. I mean, when I watched him last year, he's a lot like A.J. Boye, where one snap he looks like, just what is he doing out there? And the next snap he makes a nice play on the ball. He's a little volatile for a cornerback. Not a cornerback one by any stretch, but maybe a cornerback two. I don't think he'll be that expensive. Bashad Breland, I think he's aggressive. I think he fits the scheme pretty well. I actually think he'll get more money, though, on the open market than Awuzier. So, the Broncos, regardless, have to address this position in both avenues, in free agency and also the draft, because they can't just go into the draft, number nine overall. Even if they get Caleb Farley, it's not, you know, they can't wash their hands of it. They have to keep adding to that position. I would not mind Breland. I would not mind Awuzie, though. I will say this for any free agent, except for maybe quarterback, the price has to be right. I promise our superstars we're getting to you next. I want to grab this one from Jason because it kind of dovetails into a topic I wanted to, to get to tonight. He says, how many Broncos could we potentially lose this offseason? And, Zach, the reason I say this dovetails nicely is Eric Trickle uh, published his first offseason, Broncos offseason mock of 2021. So it's version 1.0. And this is a, a series that, that Trickle has done now dating back since 2014. A lot of our readers, a lot of our Mile High Huddle fans, this is one of their favorite articles of the year. Because Eric doesn't just do a mock draft, right? Tis the season for mock drafts. They're a dime a dozen this time of year. We get it. They're still fun to read. That's why we read them. But they're a dime a dozen. What Eric does here is it's a full 2021 offseason. I'll give you guys a quick glimpse real quick. And and there's a reason I'm going into this, all right? But it's a full offseason mock, meaning he's taking his best guess at who the roster cuts are, you know, who gets signed in free agency, who gets re-signed, who maybe gets traded, who's, and then he goes through an entire seven-round mock. So with that said, Zach, the reason I'm bringing this up, on the, on the topic of cuts, you know, player cutting players or options getting declined, look who he has here, number one, Vaughn Miller. Now, I'm with you in that I'm hoping against hope that the criminal investigation ends up being unfounded and that Vaughn is, you know, that nothing comes of it, I'm, I'm hoping. And then I'm hoping from there that he is at least open to talking to Peyton about doing some kind of a restructure. Um, and even if that means adding a year or two to his contract and, you know, keeping him around a lot, uh, a little bit longer, 
But then he's got A.J. Bouye, Jarrell Casey, Zach. I think we're on the same page. That it's pretty safe to assume those guys are gone, right? Yep. Juwan James, though, he's putting in here, which is going to hurt. But you're also saving some money, and you're moving on from a big mistake. And then Jeff Driscoll, surprise, surprise. But do you see of those five, I guess obviously Vaughn's the most controversial, but how do you see it? I don't see either scenario really playing out. If they do manage to move on, why not trade Vaughn? You can get some sort of draft pick in return, and also the 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 team trading form would take on part of his salary, so you wouldn't have to eat all of that dead money. In terms of cutting him, this is a year of the status quo. This is the year of the incumbency. The coaching staff, the quarterback more than likely, why not pick up Vaughn Miller's option for this year and then explore the future after this, you know, this next coming season? He didn't play last year. I understand he's very highly paid. He's getting up there in age. He might not be ever the same Vaughn that we saw of years past, but he's still Vaughn Miller. And what he means to this team, what he means to the community, what he means to the locker room, it's invaluable. I don't see the harm, Chad. If you're going young at quarterback, or at least cheaper at quarterback, with a Drew Locke and Andy Dalton combination, you have money to play around with. Why not? Pick up his option, extend goodwill. It's the last year more than likely under Vic Fangio. Why wouldn't a defensive-minded lame duck want to keep a defensive stalwart like Von Miller for one more year? I'm with you, and <clears throat> that's why I think uh, you know the the topic of incumbency and status quo. You know, the, when you see that George Payton went out there and was at least willing to offer Denver's first-round pick for Matthew Stafford. It doesn't necessarily mean he's willing to go out and sign any quarterback or draft any quarterback at pick nine. What it means to me, Zach, is that Vic Fangio, they've, they've had their powwow, all right? And I'm sure this was a big part as well of their interview process together when they were interviewing uh, George Payton a few weeks back. Fangio can't afford to draft another quarterback and hope against hope that he can develop quickly. They need to win this year. And the best option, all right, some fans might not want to hear this, but the best option to win, to maximize this year so that Vic doesn't end up being a lame duck so that Vic can survive and continue to grow his as a head coach is to either grab a plug-and-play starter that's proven that you can trust, that you can count on, like a Stafford, like a Watson, but that comes at a price. And so they're pursuing that. They're looking at it. Or Drew Luck. Because here's the thing. You might not like Drew. You might be off the Drew Luck train. But Drew Luck, what is he? He's young. Uh, he's still raw in a lot of cases but he's not completely inexperienced anymore. He does have NFL experience. Now you go draft at pick nine, Zach Wilson, any one of those quarterbacks. Okay. Zach's probably not going to be there, but just as an example, he might end up being more talented and productive in the league than drew at some point, but he's not going to help you in 2021. That's my point. That's why I think Zach, it's all about for them. They're trying to find that veteran that could step in and upgrade. And barring that it's going to be drew and an Andy Dalton or drew and a Jameis Winston or drew and a, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, or uh, Tyrod, is that how you say his name? I always call him Tyrod, so it's Tyrod apparently. One of those kind of middling veteran options as a fail-safe, and I saw one of the comments, I don't I don't see who saw who said it specifically, but uh, Vaughn wouldn't net much. Vaughn would absolutely draw a, at least a second-round pick today. Even with the ongoing investigation, which I'm confident he'll be cleared from because no news is good news, I think he would absolutely net a, a day, day two pick, Chad, at the minimum. I agree. I think there would be some doubts there because of he, not just his age, but the fact that he missed last season. There would be some really up close, you know, it would be all contingent on passing the, the medical exams and whatnot to complete the trade. But yeah, Von Miller, he's still got juice, boys and girls. He really does. 
might his time in Denver might be coming to a close. We don't know that yet, but I, I agree. Maybe not a second round pick. I don't know. I really don't know. But he could he could glean something in on the trade market. Steven, good to see you, bro. Appreciate that, my friend. He says, Hey guys, I'm listening while I'm at work. Hey, we appreciate you, my friend. We really do. I know he's a quarterback, but it's Stafford who's ever won anything to get what he got. Don't you think Von Miller, even coming off an injury, would get at least a second-round pick for a future Hall of Fame talent who's not exactly 40 years old? Some team out there would give that up. You're probably right, and I'm just I'm just playing devil's advocate here. The only thing that is the fly in the ointment to that, to me, is the fact that he's coming off a, an injury at his age that cost him the whole season. If it was just Vaughn coming off of 2019, right, where he missed a game and had – kind of down year eight sacks I, I think that Von Miller gets second round pick at bottom you could probably get a first round pick out of that Von Miller even entering his age 31 season but I'm just not sure now uh, Zeus dude thank you so much my friend we love you Stu good to see you thank you we call him Zeus around here but man mm-hmm. Stu McPeak just so good to see you and we appreciate your support man everything you you do for this for this uh brand for this community we love you time for a hearty Stu Appreciate you, man. <laughs> Even better. Got the Viking horn effect, Chad. Oh, sweet. Levi Hope has become a bona fide superstar. He, he came kind of late to the late to the dance right before the season started. And then he had to he had to skip out because he had to take care of business on his end. He has a really cool job. And what by the way, Levi, one of these days when that uh, you know, NDA expires, hopefully maybe it expires before uh before the the day that I'm going to, I'm going to spoil it. I can't say, I can't even say anymore. Hopefully someday you can tell me about that. All right. I want to know more. All right. Levi love you, bro. He says with the Broncos likely getting an owner sometime this year or next, does George Payton make a big splash now since he really doesn't have to answer to someone. I really, I think George Payton at quarterback, it's all about upgrade. If you can upgrade it, sure you do it, but it's about the veteran plug and play because of Fangio. If he was starting over, like if let's say the Black Monday, right, where an Elway stepped down, let's say that that came on the heels of Vic Fangio has been fired, the staff is gone, and then Elway also comes out and goes, I'm stepping back, you know, I'm going to president of football operations, what's up, Isaac, and we're going to go hire a GM and start over. Then I could see that. Then I could see that, Zach. But what are your thoughts? Well, he's still reporting to someone for his first year because Ellis is still in the building. And technically, Elway's still in the building, and they're higher than he is, And even though he's the new GM. But you know, a lot of it is still the status quo, and he is showing you who he is, which is what he said he is. He's going to be aggressive and check into every deal, but not do anything too reckless. The Rams, in my opinion, in that Stafford trade were reckless. But looking into that and maybe offering a first-round pick – even knowing, Chad, it was going to get turned down, but even sticking your nose in there and sending the message to the rest of the league that the Denver Broncos are on the prowl, the Denver Broncos want to compete, I think that's the most he can do right now, given the deck of cards he's been working with. It's all about the incumbency, the, quarter, yeah. the quarterback, the players, and the coaching staff. Yeah, this is about trying to <clears> – <throat> honestly, I really think this. I think 2021, for George Payton, sure, he's always got to have one eye – on long-term, okay, but I really think 2021, he's carte blanche, man. He's got a six-year contract, and he might not be owner-proof completely. By the way, George, stay safe in that blizzard, my dog. He might not be um, ownership-proof completely because an owner with deep pockets can fire guys that they still have to pay millions of dollars to any day of the week, but he uh, he's pretty secure right now. So I think this year is more about trying to maximize Fangio, giving him – 
every possible tool he can to, you know, be viable. And I think seriously, some fans are going to bristle. Your best option to do that, all right, because you've already gotten Drew experience. He's got 17 starts under his belt. That's real NFL live bullet experience. And how many of those games was it? 12 or whatever that came under Shermer. So it's scheme, you know, year two of the scheme. It's either going to be Drew that gives you the best chance to maximize Vic, or it's a big veteran quarterback splash. Stafford's off the board, but there's still a possibility of Watson. But then the problem is you're trying to maximize Fangio. You end up mortgaging your future, and you don't know that it's going to work for sure with Watson. You don't know. There's some people right now are probably screaming to their phones going, yes, you do. Watson's the legit. You know, like Nick explained it uh, the other night when I, I co-host, uh, co-hosted with him on MHI, that if there was a redraft today, all right, just starting from zero, every NFL player got thrown into a pool that, of course, Patrick Mahomes goes number one, right? We know that. Who would go number two? In Nick's estimation, he thinks that would be Deshaun Watson. I'm not quite so sure. I don't view Watson on that same level. I really don't. But the Broncos, that's 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 Peyton's view. You talk about incumbency, Zach. You talk about continuity. They're trying to maximize Fangio. Drafting a quarterback at pick nine does not maximize Fangio. It's going right back to the same old thing they tried the last two years without the benefit of the experience and the time they put developing Drew. They already have that in Drew. So – We'll see. What's up, uh, Dave? Hope you're enjoying your retirement, my friend. What also helps Fangio is keeping around the quarterback that he worked with the last couple of years on the job, going into his third year, and keeping the coordinator that he worked with last year. Getting rid of, of, of a coordinator and getting rid of a quarterback, that's a process that takes more than one season to install. And Fangio does not have more than one season. So his lame duck status kind of intersecting with George Payton's scholarship season in 2021 is not a good marriage for you know in that situation. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte technology careers at Deloitte.com slash tech careers and engineer your future at Deloitte. Agreed. Hey, uh, our front team, Jokic, what is it, Christian, right? I want to say this is, is his name or at least his Twitter handle. It's been great having you, my friend. It was good to connect with you on Twitter. Appreciate the super chat. He says, we back, bro. Thanks for the Twitter shout out. How's the night going? You saw the Benjamin Albright and Prescott little drama thing. Any thoughts? Guys, today was a weird day for me. I was a little bit more disconnected from the newswire and Twitter than I normally am. What did I miss? I'm not sure exactly what he's talking about. I can pull up Ben's timeline real quick, but do you are you aware of what he's talking about, Zach? Maybe I missed something, but our, our old friend Dan Silio, who we referenced the other night, chat when we had Luke on, he, he yeah. put out a tweet that said that the Cowboys are going to offer Dak Prescott um, a contract offer, and there's no breaking news there. It was the same offer they offered him last year. So this is a radio host who's looking to gain clout, and I think Albright may have retweeted him or responded to him and uh, said that, no, it's more than likely going to be a higher offer or the franchise tag. So anyone really hoping to get Dak Prescott, as much as I am even, 
um, he's staying in Dallas, at least for this season. All right. So, yeah, here's the – hold on. Let me go back small here so you guys aren't like – all right, that's a prediction. Hold up. Where was I? Here, here we go. From uh, Patrick, uh, CBS guy, science dispels myth. The Cowboys have not yet reignited official talks with Dak, blah, blah, blah. He retweeted that. So I'm guessing he took exception to the notion that they've offered Dak anything yet. Um, and then he says here, I have whole rumor sites taking deep hypotheticals in the replies, turning them into reports, going to have to label every tweet or something. I'm not sure what. Here, here's Mike Fisher, great guy. Uh, someone needs to tell Dan Silio that this was the Cowboys' offer to Dak <laughs> last spring. It's okay, news. Yeah, so it is what it is. Look, it's right now. It is the time of rumor, and you know, Silio. We we ran some content around his five destinations for Stamp uh, Watson, not Stafford Watson, the other day because it made for a fun kind of what if scenario. But he doesn't have a great reputation for veracity all right for the truth of what he reports and i'm i'm being kind because i have nothing against the guy but he just doesn't have a great reputation set selfishly i would love for that news to be true but it's not that's there's no like mike fisher said nothing has come out that's new about dak prescott they're going to try to have a long-term agreement in place before march and failing that it's the franchise tag at 37.7 million for this season dude as i'm looking at benjamin albright's twitter timeline that dude from Saved by the Bell is dead. Yeah, what was? Screech. Who was yeah, Screech. He died. Yep. Dang son, lung cancer. What a oh man, that's a bummer. F first. cancer. R.I.P. All right, Muhammad M.H.H. Mill model. What's up, dog? Good to see you. What are we? We're nine days away from uh, debuting you on the show. It's going to be great. Appreciate that and his uh, super sticker emoji. Incredible. Thank you, my friend. Much love to you. Always great to have you in the chat. Uh, Muhammad, you're incredible, man. You know that. This is true. Isaiah, good to see you, bro. He says, hey, fellas, I love our young talent, but we're missing those veterans in the locker room. PFF ranked our rookies this past season <laughs> dead last. Zach, we, this, is another, uh, this is another issue we have not discussed, and I think it's worth uh, touching on real quick because I know most of our listeners, they're reading every article that we publish on milehuddle.com so that they're staying up with the news. But here's basically what happened, all right? ESPN published a, a pro – it was like some kind of partnership that PFF and ESPN did together, ranking uh, each team's rookie class from 2020 inexplicably, all right? PFF ranks the Broncos dead last. Like, I can understand that some of them didn't live up to expectations, but dead last? So stupid. I mean, I don't – <laughs> What are you smoking, dude? What are you smoking? I can read this, but Zach, what was your gut reaction? Remember when PFF was credible, Chad? Remember when they actually had, you know, knowledge and, and facts based on, you know, basis and not just because they have some bias against Denver? I don't agree with it. If they look at the Broncos draft class objectively, 80% or 90% was affected by bad coaching or the injury bug, or the pandemic. When you look at a blow-by-blow breakdown, yeah, Jerry Judy had it up and down here. K.J. Hamler wasn't used. Albert O was out for the year. Moody wasn't really used that much. Sternai was out for the year. It, they didn't really have much of a chance to make an impact, but the guys who got on the field, Cushenberry was the only Bronco to play every single snap, 100% of offensive snaps in 2020. He played pretty well for a rookie center. He wasn't terrible by any means. Michael Ojemudia. He was a little up and down, but he got better as the season wore on. He looks like an upside cornerback, too. I understand they weren't the flashiest. They didn't make the most plays, but dead last. When you look at objectively what they've been through, it's just PFF being PFF. And you know what? Let them hate. 
And the last I remember reading, all right, the Broncos PR department, they send us each week uh, a little capsule of like, you know, it's the same stuff that the TV broadcast people get that kind of gives them all the information they need on the players and like little talking points to reference during a broadcast. And the last thing I remember reading late December, and I could pull up the end of season capsule they sent us, but, or the season in review capsule, but the Broncos rookie class, I want to say was either they were top six in the most snaps played. All right. For a rookie class. So, you know, you're telling me that they were one of the most exposed to the league classes, but they were the worst. Let me just read this to you real quick. Uh, Quote from PFF. There was not a single rookie on the Broncos 2020 class to generate a value above expectation. Their first four selections, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Michael OJ Mudia, and Lloyd Cushenberry all played over 500 snaps and all four failed to crack the 25th percentile at their respective positions in PFF grades, which by the way, here's a quick aside unquote here. PFF grades have become so subjective that you can't even take them seriously anymore. Like it's a fun little thing. Like you can reference them and go, Oh, look, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, the only two, uh, the only safety duo in the top 10 highest graded for PFF. It's fun to be able to say that, but like they don't mean anything. Okay. Back to, back to PFF quote, Judy's drop problems did him no favors. His 17.6% drop rate for the season was the second worst in the league behind his teammate and fellow rookie, Hamler, at 17.9. Judy did show off the route-running chops we saw from him at Alabama, the skill set that made him a first-round pick to begin with. Moral of the story, Judy had a bad rookie campaign. About is still a uh, – uh-oh, someone, nice. someone <laughs> editor screwed up at PFF. Judy had a bad rookie campaign. <laughs> about is still a prime rookie uh, breakout candidate for 2021. So he's still listed as a uh, breakout candidate by PFF. But I, I mean, Judy had drop problems, but to me that didn't erase some of his, his uh, achievements and, and triumphs, including I'm thinking of the jets game. I'm thinking of the, was it week 17 or 16 that he had the 92 yard touchdown? The finale. Yeah. That was finale. his best game. I mean, pound sand, dude, if I'm P, I can't take it seriously. I really can't take that seriously. My credibility in PFF died when they ranked Simmons last year the number two overall safety, and then they left him off the all-PFF team. They had an article come out, and they left him. It just made no sense to me. It just proved more of that East Coast bias toward the Broncos. Oh, uh, Rello is asking, $2 donation. Thank you, Rello. Can George Payton bring back that 2015 defense? Can he bring it back? Well, that starts with Von Miller, I shall say, because if you get Von Miller back to that level, you're going to have a future Hall of Fame pass rusher bookending a Pro Bowl pass rusher in Bradley Chubb. But it all starts up front because one thing, Chad, the Broncos have lacked since that season is that Malik Jackson in the middle, pushing the pocket and driving sacks to the right or the left for the outside linebackers. They're missing the Danny Trevathan. They're missing the no-fly zone. That's a tall order for Peyton to do in one offseason. He can maybe retain Vaughn. He can build up the secondary. But there's a reason why the 2000 Ravens, the 2002 Buccaneers, the 2015 Broncos defense, the, the the, the Seahawks defense of old, they're elite historic units for a reason because they're rare. So to get back to that level and to hold your breath on that is not a, a decent proposition. Yeah. I mean, that was a, you know, it's a, it's a, a nearly like a once in a generation caliber defense. I mean, you go from, from, it was, it was pretty rare because you had the 2015 Broncos and the 2013 Seahawks so close together in terms of all time caliber units. 
But from there, you had to go all the way back to 02 to the Bucks. And then they had, an, that's another close one because it was 02 Bucks, 2000 Ravens. Before that, you had to go all the way back to 85 Bears as far as the all time units. They just don't come around all that often. Now, look, Fangio had himself a pretty dang good defense there when he left Chicago. All the stars aligned. Khalil Mack ended up being that missing piece that got him over the hump. I think they would need another kind of every star aligning, every move made, whether it's retaining Vaughn, you make every pick correctly in free agency and in the draft, you fill all the holes and you stay healthy. Maybe, just maybe then you could approach something similar, but it's just a long shot. I think if Fangio ends up sticking around, maybe you can you can see that over the next five years because Fangio, let me, let, me, let me say this real quick. Fangio, if you look at his last two stops, all right, pre-Denver, San Fran, and Chicago took two, three years before those defenses who became very, uh, you know, had some notoriety. I mean, the Niners defense there with Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis and that unit had some notoriety, got all the way to a Super Bowl. It took two, three years to get there. Same with, in fact, with Chicago, it didn't get there till year five, Zach. So I think in, in Denver, if you continue, if he can survive his quote unquote lame duck year and the Broncos can go eight and eight or better. All right. He has a chance to to you know continue putting wood on the fire, so to speak. But that's a big if. But what are they? What's the expression? You know, the best defense is a good offense. And 2015 was before Mahomes got in the NFL. So nowadays, what Peyton can do is build an offense that can at least keep up with the Mahomeses. And you have Fangio's prowess, and you have a defense that's not comparable, but a couple a tier below that. That's still very, very good. May not be historic, but couple that with a better offense, and you have a fighting chance in today's NFL. Because, Chad, it's only been five years, but the NFL has transformed greatly in that time. You are not wrong, my friend. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Albert Knoppers, good to see you, bro. Facebook supporter in the house. He says, we might have been 5-11, and 11, but with six games within one score, it could have been 11-5. and five. This, with bad coaching, injuries, and the NFL not being friendly, of course, talking about Week 12. Not only Week 12, and the NFL screwed the Broncos big time last year in so many ways. Bad enough that you had to battle the pandemic. Bad enough that you had to battle the injury bug. But then you got to battle the NFL robbing you of, a, of your bye week. 
totally reshaping your schedule, and then forcing you to play a game without a quarterback. It was bad. Fun uh, but then he, he goes on to say, we have the means to be great. Hey, man, I love the, I love the optimism. Uh, real quick here, Zach. Uh, Mike on YouTube goes, Manscaped sponsors this. Nick's Strength Guys channel has over a million subs. Hey, good for, good for that Nick guy. You know, Manscaped, here, I'll tell you what people find attractive about our, our podcast, uh, Michael, is between YouTube, Facebook, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, our, our entire listener base on an episode-by-episode episode basis, all right? They can count on this content, their ad, getting in front of about 30,000 Bronco fan eyeballs and ear holes. So that's valuable to, to advertisers. All Promo right? code HUDDLE, 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com. Appreciate you, Yeah. Corey Johnson, good to see you, my friend. Um, are you on Twitter, Corey? Because if you are, we might already be connected. But, hey, hit me up in the mentions and let me know who you are so I can make sure I'm followed back and shout you out. He says, if we want a good show here at, at MHH, we have to cut our own salary and pay these guys to talk football. The same goes for Watson if he wants better players. Hey, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a true concept, right? Like – and that's one of the things for that I, I'm, I have misgivings about uh, Watson because why would you want to go? He might want out of Houston, Zach, but he's got to know that wherever he goes, outside of New York or Miami, they're cutting off the nose despite the face. You know, they they think they're doing something that's going to set you know catapult the team forward, but at what cost? So are you right. really catapulting the team forward? Exactly. This is not a guy that, by virtue of his own wherewithal, like Peyton Manning, automatically. When Peyton Manning came to Denver, or any team, didn't matter what team he went to when he was a free agent in 2012, by virtue of his presence, that team is a 11 to 14 wins a year team. He's not there yet. Watson's not that guy. He's talented. He probably ends up being that guy. But look, Peyton wasn't that guy even in what's what's Watson now? 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. So he's in year five. So I'm trying to think back. So that would have been 98, 99, 2000, 2001. So. O2 version of Peyton. You know what the book was on Peyton in O2? Can't win the big one. He was just barely starting to kind of have some success, starting to pile those wins. But what he was known for, Zach, similarly to Watson up to this point, no success in the playoffs. No success in the playoffs. Puts up numbers, great regular season quarterback. Eventually that changed, right? And he turned the corner. Watson hasn't been able to turn that corner quite yet to shuck off that reputation or per- perception. Led the league in passing, and the Texans went 4-12. and 12. So again, I mean, I, I like the passing yards. It's sexy and all, but you know, show me what you can do in the NFL and name the last time, even when his defenses were bad in Indianapolis or the rare times in Denver where Peyton Manning went four and 12 after leading the NFL in passing yards. I wouldn't put Deshaun Watson. Yes, he's a top five guy for sure. Maybe even a top three quarterback, but he's not Peyton Manning and he's not Patrick Mahomes. And you only do this trade if you're that player away. If you're willing to give up sacrificing, re-signing Justin Simmons, Shelby Harris, removing the core of your team all to acquire one player, that player better be on the Mahomes or Manning level. And as as good as Deshaun Watson is, he is not on that level. EDJ goes, yo, Chad, how are you going to put Buana on front street and call him a teddy bear? <laughs> LOL. Because he is. Listen, that doesn't, that doesn't detract from his fierce – Aura, all right? This guy will rip your face off. Okay? <laughs> he's a savage, guys. Trust me. All right? But he's also a teddy bear, all right? He's a sweetheart. Trust, all right? Um, all right, let me see what else we got here. Meek55. By the way, we we, we got to talk about Kareem. Remind me after this great super from Meek. 
Meek, it's been good getting to know you, my friend, not only here, but on Twitter. And we just appreciate you, my dog, becoming a superstar. He says, I love the pressure on Drew Locke. Pressure makes diamonds. Either you're going to shine or fold. I believe it'll be shiny uh, in 21. Hashtag Vaughn retiring a Bronco. I feel you on that. And that's a that's a really, really good metaphor, Meek, to be honest with you, because that diamond, it either is going to shine, as you say, or it's going to crack and do one of these right under the pressure. We'll see with, we'll see with Drew. You got to wonder. And I know Keith had a, an interesting story on milehighhuddle.com last night that went viral and ended up doing a lot of traffic for us last night and this morning, which is, Hey man, you know, in so many words, George Payton has some splaining to do with regard to Drew Locke. Drew Locke doesn't have any clout. He can't pull a Jay Cutler and try and power play his way out of Denver. He's kind of got to take his lumps, but you have to wonder how all this, Broncos being involved in Stafford and being tied to every potential quarterback out there, how that's affecting him between the years. Meek tends to think that the pressure is going to turn him into a shiny diamond. I'm inclined to think so too, but it'll be curious to see if he even gets the opportunity to do that in Denver, because if a replacement does come in by way of the veteran market, whether trade or free agency, he might not get that chance to shine Meek. But here's the thing though. I mean, Chad and I are admittedly two of the bigger lock supporters among Broncos country. But if he goes out there in this third season, if he gets a, a full or mostly full third season and he bombs, fine. But at least he had the chance to bomb. At least we had an accurate, fair representation of what Locke could do at the NFL level or at least with the Broncos' current coaching setup. But give him that opportunity because he went 4-1 in 2019 and last year for the most part was a wash. And even during that, yeah, he did some bad things, but he did some, some really good things as well. And anyone who watches his tape and says he did not improve or develop in the second half of the season is just hating on him because they like to hate on him. But there's a lot left with Locke, and if he shines, great. You have a potential franchise guy. If he bombs, at least you answer that question, and you can move the page with no regrets or doubts. All right, I want to I want to turn the page just for a second here to some Deshaun Watts and Kareem Jackson stuff because – you had a very nicely written article today on this, Zach, and Thank you. you you referenced the Houston Chronicle, who has reported that the Texans will, if they do put him on the market, ask for two first-rounders, two second-rounders, and two young defensive cornerstone-type players. And as Zach reports here, that's considered a jumping-off point. All right, That's like, hey, you want to start the conversation? That's right. what it takes. All right, That doesn't necessarily mean that's where it ends. All right, cut two. Uh, we get to uh, Kareem Jackson, who is – whoops, I skipped it, sorry. Uh, Kareem Jackson is a former Houston teammate, a couple, two, three years there with uh, with Watson. And he's talking about – I mean, this is just one tweet that kind of shows what he's what he's trying to do. Not not to say that he has all that much power, right? He can try and be persuasive and, and try and convince Watson why Denver would be an attractive landing spot. But he doesn't wield any power in the front office. But nevertheless, Zach, the reason I wanted to bring this up tonight and actually spend a a few minutes talking about this is it kind of ties back into what we were just saying with Drew, right? He doesn't have the clout, Drew. He doesn't have the wherewithal to be Jay Cutler and, you know, take umbrage to this, the rumors and try and flex and force his way out or call his next shot. He kind of has to just roll with the punches because he hasn't achieved anything yet. But this does have an effect to see one of the more famous and successful, well-paid players on the roster actively campaigning for your replacement on social media. What's your take? Well, I wouldn't – if I was Locke, I wouldn't fist fight Kareem Jackson over this. And I wouldn't really call – 
I really wouldn't call him out publicly, but I, I would maybe in the back of my mind keep it there that my teammate on the defensive side thinks I can be replaced and he can bring his friend over from Houston. But to me, I'm not looking at it that deeply. It doesn't send a great message, but I think K-Jack is doing this more so to save his own behind. I mentioned this uh, yesterday. He's a release candidate. He's on very thin ice here in Denver. I think he's placating the fan base here. He's trying to play up to the, the new GM, the coaching staff. And I think he's just feeding into the frenzy right now of Deshaun Watson. Nothing will come of this. Deshaun Watson's not going to say, oh, well, well, Kareem Jackson wants me to come over, so I'm going to sign with Denver now. I'm going to uh, greenlight a trade at Denver. It's not going to get him over here, but the fact that he made this public he says a lot about at least his opinion of number three. Amen. Amen. Uh, by the way, guys, you probably noticed this real quick. Um, I mean, actually, I got to go down. You see this little line here? What happens next? Sign up for the free newsletter. Guys, you want all the breaking news. You want all the analysis. You want everything. Myself, Zach, that we write, plus all the dudes at, at MHH, sign up for the free newsletter. I'll put the I'll put the link in the chat stream, but there's north of 20,000 Broncos fans subscribe to this letter, all right, this newsletter, and you get an email every day keeping you up to date. I mean, we do a good job on these podcasts, right? We have a podcast on MHH that's live, handling the issue of the day every night, 6 p.m. Mountain to 7 <clears throat> but this makes sure you miss absolutely nothing. I'll put the put the link in the description. But just something interesting. The whole, I don't know. To me, it's more about how does it um, how does it fly with Drew? Like, let's say they swing and miss. We already know they swung and miss, so to speak, on Stafford. Odds of of Watson coming here pretty slim. Aaron Rodgers sure as heck is is not going to get put on the trading block. That leaves you with the Andy Daltons that we've already discussed and all that. Good chance Drew ends up still being the guy, or at least, you know, positioned to be the guy this summer. And you got to walk into that locker room with Kareem. And, you know, not to say it's going to be put your dukes up or anything like that, but it's going to, I would imagine it's, I mean, it's shade, right? It's, it's something that if you're Drew, I know if I was that guy, if I was Drew, I would take that as a shot across the bow. And so it'll be interesting to see how and if that could affect team chemistry down the road they might not walk into the same locker room because there's a fairly good chance that Locke stays this year and Kareem Jackson's cut. So that would be the height of irony. He's trying to campaign for someone to join the Broncos when he's the one out the door. All right, guys, I just put the link for the newsletter if you want in on that uh, in the chat. So just pop on, free, enter your email, boom, you'll get you'll get that delivered. Um, gosh, thanks, Levi. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you. The, the support, the generosity. He says, <clears throat> I want Drew to succeed this year. If he doesn't, Peyton is going to blow this whole thing up. We're with you, dude. Like, honestly, <clears throat> I am not convinced it's a double negative, but I'm not convinced that Drew isn't your best option in 2021. And that might sound ridiculous because the Broncos finished 5'11", and he had a not-so-hot year, led the league in interceptions and all that, but you've put in the time and the development. We know the raw tools and the potential is there, and you've walked the desert. You, In fact, I was listening to uh, uh, Mike Cliss today, all right? Mike Cliss said he genuinely believes, and we can roll our eyes here a little bit, but nevertheless, this is Mike Cliss, plugged in with every agent, plugged in with a lot of the front offices, and obviously very plugged in at, at Broncos HQ. He genuinely believes that Drew Locke, at least to Detroit and to a lot of teams out there, was a more attractive option than Jared Goff. And you sit back and you go, whoa, let, let's, let's talk about skins on the wall you know, let's talk about what have you done in the league and how long and experience and all that. And you're not wrong. You have a point. But what he was trying to say is that Drew, look at what the cost is for Goff in terms of the salary cap. 
Drew's going to cost you like two and a half million bucks over the last two years of his rookie deal. And he's still on the rise. The Broncos, according to, to, uh, to, uh, Cliss, were, are deathly afraid of the notion of dealing Drew or Drew leaving Denver and going on to be successful because they still believe he has it in him to be successful. All right. So I don't know. We'll see how it shakes out, but I, you got to convince me that Drew's not the best option, all things considered, unless you can land a deck, unless you can land a Deshaun Watson without completely selling the farm. I'm not convinced Drew, aside from those two, isn't your best option. Yeah, I think he, he very well could be, and he very well, very well might show that he can be the guy going forward. But like I said, even if he's not, at least you have your answer. And if the incumbent coach is remaining and the incumbent play caller is remaining, why not the incumbent quarterback? If they all go down together, they'll all be fired together. And he, we've been talking about this for a while. The plan from day one, more than likely, Elway said to Peyton, listen, get through this year. You know, it's going to be Fangio. It's going to be Locke. Get through it. Try to make the best happen. If if not, you have full autonomy to blow it up in 2022 when your reign officially starts. And I, meaning Elway, am out of the building. All right, John, we got Jay Blue Raw, Mark Langley's in the house. Isaac, Brian, and then I'm caught up there with where Kenneth's next super is. So uh, Jay, Blue Raw, Mark, and Isaac, and BG, if you can get them uh, in the in the short term. Meanwhile, I'm going to grab this one from Kenneth. Love you, buddy. <laughs> Looking forward, by the way. We'll talk tomorrow, Kenneth. Uh, we'll talk and, and uh, con- continue our, our previous conversation. But he says, sign Jameis Winston with an interception incentive in his contract. No, not even with a crab leg incentive in his contract. I, I just, he's a product last year, you know, his career being back on the right path. That's a product of Sean Payton. And again, I'll say there's nowhere, no one near Sean Payton in Dove Valley. So, no. I mean, you're not wrong because think about this, Kenneth. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, it looked like he was, oh gosh, looks like the Vikings were kind of right in terms of they drafted him in the first round. He was their plan as the franchise guy. Then he got hurt. And so they had to make other plans, and then those other plans ended up kind of taking over the narrative. So then he goes to New Orleans, and when he's tapped to play, if I'm not mistaken, 2019, didn't he go 5-0 and as a starter? Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner in New Orleans, if I'm something like that. 
so you're thinking, all right, there he is. He's 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 the guy. He's the, he can be that guy. And then the Carolina Panthers, they go out and they pay him. You know, it was a short-term deal or whatever. But nevertheless, what happened? I mean, the, the Panthers were right there in the league doldrums next to the Broncos in terms of wins. So Teddy, I don't know. But nevertheless, my point on this is Jameis Winston, he's in that comfortable, safe cocoon under Peyton. But you get him outside of that, what's he going to be? Is he going to revert back to to the – Interception after interception in the clutch, Jameis. The pick six in the clutch, Jameis Winston, probably. Some quarterbacks need the proper system to thrive. Other quarterbacks are pretty much scheme independent, or, you know, like a Fitzpatrick or Andy Dalton. They can come in and learn any playbook and be competent level quarterbacks. That's not the same for Winston. If you bring him to Denver and saddle him with Pat Shermer, you're not going to, you're not going to like the result. This is something my dad taught me a long time ago. All right. And for the most part, you know, there are no, there are very few absolutes in this world. I'm not a big believer in coincidence. And I am also a believer in beware of using absolutes. All right. But the best predictor of future behavior, nine times out of 10, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. All right. People can change. It does happen. But more often than not, you're going to be right if you make a decision based on past behavior over, you know, uh, being the predictor. All right. Jay, good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. Bonafide superstar. It's been great having you back in the chats lately, by the way, Jay. He says, fellas, um, George Payton passed on number nine. If a team offers a late number one uh, for Vaughn, does George Payton stack the first round picks and go for Watson or move up in the top five of the draft or stay with luck? Interesting. Yeah. So, he ultimately, we, we don't know what, what the point of no return was in terms of um, George Payton saying that, too rich for our blood on Stafford, where he ended up kind of backing out on that. But we know that he was at least willing to talk about the prospect of trading pick nine. So that's out there. It's in the reporting. It's out there, right? If a team offers a first for Vaughn, would he then take that and try to parlay it into a Watson? Probably. I mean, honestly, he probably would because he's already shown us what he's interested in right now, which is, making the most of 2021, that's either with a veteran or it's going to be Drew. I don't know. I think knowing George Payton, based on what he said, I know he's going to check into every deal and he's obviously looking for an upgraded quarterback, but if he were to flip Vaughn for a one, which we have that discussion, people think he won't even be worth a third-round pick. If they have two firsts, I think he would just stockpile those first-round picks, maybe entertain a trade for a Zach Wilson and in that scenario, Zach Wilson would be cheaper. You wouldn't have to give up extra capital on top of the two, the first round pick, the, the couple first round picks, like a Deshaun Watson. I think he would just build the roster using that premium capital. This is a guy that treats first round picks like gold. So unless you have an offer he literally can't refuse, he's going to stack that capital. It would not surprise me even in that scenario if he traded back from that first round pick and, and parlay that into more draft picks. This is the type of GM the Broncos have now. And if yeah. you don't like it, you're going to have to deal with it. He's not a wheeler and dealer so much as he is a stockpiler of draft capital. And that was a theme in Eric's um, you know, mock offseason was making moves to stockpile picks. So you could be very right on the money with that. Um, before I grab Blue Raw, just real quick, shout out to Seth Harmon for the super sticker. It's a the emoji is a thumbs up. So appreciate that, Seth. Really does mean a lot to his buddy. Uh, Chris says, how comparable would you say the Rams not having a first round pick in seven years would be to the Broncos if they get Watson for three firsts and three seconds, etc. Pretty pretty close. I mean, dude, it's devastating. I don't know. I think the Rams 
we're going to find out pretty quick. You know, we talked about this last night was the, the Rams success of the last four years. Was that McVay? Was that Goff? Was it that combo together? We'll, we'll know the answer to that here pretty soon, but you got to wonder how much farther along the path the Rams might be if they had those first round picks. As always, it's going to come down to what did these quarterbacks do in these respective situations? What does Stafford do under a McVay and what would Watson do in Denver if that trade were to go down? We talked about this yesterday. You make that trade for Stafford and you're that desperate because you believe you can win a title in the next two years. Whoever has more success with that quarterback, that's how we judge that particular um, comparison. All right, we've got one from Mark Langley. Everybody knows Mark, bona fide superstar and a, a friend. You know, Zach and I and John, we consider Mark to be yes, a good friend. Absolutely. And, uh, appreciate you, bro. Always good to see you, my dog. Love you and uh, hope you're doing well in Georgia, my friend. Hope you're doing well. Um, John, do you have our friend Horse of War, D-Dub? I just saw him pop up there. Let's let's. Oh my goodness, he popped up with a vengeance. Golly! Well, while while you're finding while you're while you're grabbing him, um, let me grab Gio while you're grabbing him. Actually, nope, there he is. He's got him. This uh, seriously like brings a tear to our eye. Right? This is very humbling. Oh, there it went. We'll get it back. Hold on. I'll, I'm going to grab one. You get it, you get it queued up, John, and then we'll grab George here first. Uh, George, love you, bro. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're enjoying your uh, your time off. You know what I'm saying? Uh, George knows what I'm talking about. Appreciate all you do for us, my friend. He says, with all this QB talk this offseason, Locke, like Garrett Bowles, will be serving a lot of crow this season. I hope you're right, dude. I really do. Like, who doesn't want Drew to 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 succeed? And look, right. wouldn't you rather if you ha- end up having success at quarterback? Wouldn't you rather that success come from a guy you know the Broncos, homegrown, right? Drafted by the Broncos, developed by the Broncos. I'd love to see that. Doesn't mean we're going to get it, but I hope so. I ate plenty of crow this past season on old uh, seventy two. It doesn't taste very good, but if uh, Locke were to blossom, I would take no more pleasure than stuffing that crow down everyone's throats. That data number three. I look forward to that moment. But we've wow. got a, a massive, massive show wow. of uh, support and generosity from one of our Mount Rushmore superstars, Dale. This is a man who dwells in paradise. All right. I'm envious of where Dale gets to hang his hat, but he's this isn't the first time he's shown us this this kind of support and love. And uh, all I can say is, Dale, I know you can't be in every single chat, but when you are, you always bring the good topics and, and you always show us love and support. And it, I mean, look, guys, this is not something we take lightly. This is extremely important. And, and I mean, it's moving. It's extremely important to us. And stuff like this from Dale and everyone that you've seen us shout out on the superstars, they're literally allowing us to do this. All right. They're, they're yeah. making sure this content continues every night, 6 p.m. Mountain uh, to 7 p.m. Mountain. So, Dale, we love you, bro. Shout out. I mean, we see you. We appreciate yes. and his Thank his, you, uh, his so message track. Shout out to the players in the huddle and Broncos, Samurai, CJ, and ZK. <clears throat> Overall, I agree with Zach in stressing coaching. Let's not miss continuity. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, don't sell the farm for one guy. You never know what will come in the draft. A healthy Broncos is a different team. Hashtag lock. One more. Hashtag Broncos all in, Zach. 
I'm just, I'm literally just blown away by your generosity, Dale. Thank you so, so much. And, you know, we talk, we had that question that kind of joked that they're going to have to pay our salaries. You guys pay our salaries by showing up, not even by donating, just interacting with us. And Dale, you've been with us since we started doing these, these super chats and these live pods from day one. I, I, it's seriously amazing. Thank you so, so much. And I agree though. You're going to bring Watson in at the expense of Simmons, let's say, or Shelby Harris, or re-signing some core players, maybe like a Philip Lindsay, maybe, you know, losing out eventually on Tim Patrick, Malik Reed. Those are the foundational pieces you want to keep. You need to add more of those players, not to take them away. And again, you know, even looking past that one thing, you're bringing Watson in, and he's going to be saddled with this coach coaching staff. Is that a recipe for success? Can Watson win a Super Bowl with the Broncos as they are constructed right now in 2021? Because if he doesn't, Chad, the blockbuster deal was a waste. Because when you're firing the coach, firing the coordinator, you're starting all over. And does he want to be involved in a rebuild? Does he want to pick his next team and one year later be involved in tearing everything down? I don't think so. I agree. And I think his other point here should not be lost on us. All right, I know Broncos fans are still feeling down and out because of the 5-11 and 11 finish, which punctuates five years of just a world of suck, right? But they are – if you if the guys who were not healthy last year, imagine what this team could have accomplished, even with Drew going up and down. Love you, Dale. Even with Drew's ups and downs, okay? If you have Vaughn on the field, you have Cortland on the field, you have Casey on the field, you have Bouye on the field, you have healthy Lindsay. I mean, I can keep going. Who am I missing? You have Cal- – you don't ever lose out on Callahan – like you could have uh, Mike Purcell. I mean, you think about how many key studs were missing from the equation. Is it a wonder that they finished five and 11? And I think that's why the Broncos decided to run it back one more time with Vic, because honestly, it, this is not a business in which you're wise to make excuses for, for grown men that choose to uh, compete in the national football league. But all right, Vic Fangio, look, they were dealt I haven't never seen the likes of it. I've never seen a season that derailed Zach by injury. So I'm with you on that, Dale. You give this team healthy horses, and I think those horses, even with a Drew who might still be finding his way a little bit in 2021, I still think you can be like we were talking last year. You can be an 8, 9, 10-win team with that collection of dudes. How many losses this year were from coaching, though, Chad? I mean, even with the injuries and the pandemic, how many games were on Fangio? We've named two already, the opener and the finale. There are more games interspersed in there in 2019 and 2020. So that's why I continue to advocate. The Broncos have the talent. Even with the injuries, they have the horses. The coaching has to be that that will sprinkle on top to make the recipe just right. That's taking a five-win team to a nine-win team. That's the difference between a losing season and a playoff season, the coaching. Isaac, thank you for the support, my friend. It's been a pleasure getting to know you in these chats over the last month or so. really means a lot to us, my friend. As I hope you guys know that when we get the support like this, it really does hit us in the feels. It's very meaningful. And when we say that it allows us to be here every night at 6 p.m., that's the truth, dude. That is the absolute truth. So appreciate you, dog. He says, just because you guys are legends. Hashtag go Broncos. Appreciate that, bro. You're the legend, Isaac. Thank you. Uh, Brandon Reagan, while John queues up uh, BG, appreciate you, Brandon. And Brandon, if you're on Twitter, connect with us. You know, make sure we know who you are, and and we'll connect. He says at pick nine, first round, you only can choose between Caleb Farley or Micah Parsons. I just want to hear your mm. opinions. Thanks. 
I think Zach and I might, we used to share a brain on this, but I think we may have differed. <laughs> I'm, I'm more leaning Farley here just because I, I fear Parsons. Um, I fear Parsons uh, off field stuff, but what are your thoughts? I don't feel, I mean, if more comes out, I understand the nature and the gravity. And if, if things are founded and not unfounded, then yes, he should be taken down from the first round draft boards, but I'm not removing him from consideration because of what's up in the air right now. Just like I'm not writing off Von Miller uh, for the criminal investigation. They need a dynamic inside linebacker, but whether that's Parsons or Levante David, I don't care. I just want that guy in the building. I think though, I'm leaning a little more toward you though, Chad. I mean, either one, assuming Parsons is cleared off field, either one would be a day one instant impact starter in this Denver defense, but cornerback considering the need they have there. And I think you can maybe argue Farley as a prospect is better than Parsons as a prospect, you know, apples and oranges. And I, I think I lean that guy as of right now, Caleb Farley. All right. We have officially crossed the one hour mark. So we got to kind of rapid fire our remaining superstars, starting with BG, another foundational Mount Rushmore, MHH superstar. I love you, BG. He says, I feel like Vic Fangio is a top-shelf coordinator, but the same as Wade Phillips. As a head coach, very bad. That was one of Wade's famous quotes when he was hired back to be the coordinator in Denver in 2015. I'm not. I'm a lousy head coach, but I'm, I'm a pretty good coordinator. Vance Joseph, Todd Bowles, Norv Turner, Brian Schottenheimer. I mean, uh, Marty Schottenheimer, excuse me. There's so many examples of that. Some guys are great coordinators, and they just can't handle being leaders of men, to quote VJ. Uh, Bradley, we'll grab you because we love you, buddy, and that, that profile pick gets us every time, dog, with the MHH mask. Love it. He says, hey, Chad and Zach, how does Vic get better at making coaching decisions? Is it only through actual games, or is there some training these head coaches can practice to get better, like clock management? Unfortunately, it's intuition. It's gut feel. Right. Right. It's wherewithal and surrounding yourself with enough sounding board experts to feel confident in what you're doing. It's live bullets. When you really boil it down, it's live bullets. And I still think the Broncos, Zach, made a big decision letting Mitch Tanny go, who was the guy in his ear helping to make those decisions uh, in 2019. It's like you can play a bunch of Call of Duty, but you can't go out and join the military and expect to, you know, kill soldiers and stuff like that. It's like, you know, you can learning to drive. You can only really be out there on the road, and you have to get the intuition and the feel. And this is something that Brandon Saley, who's a first-year head coach, said in his opening presser. He he referenced, yeah, the analytics are great, and having the numbers is great, but having the feel and the context in that moment is so important. And it's it screamed to me that someone as young and inexperienced as, as Saley gets it, and someone like Vic Fangio, who's 60 years old and been in the NFL for 40 years, still doesn't get that. He still doesn't have that intuition. And, Chad, it's becoming a thing where you either have it or you don't. It doesn't grow on a tree. You can't buy it. So if he hasn't learned it in two years, is he going to learn it in year three? Is it going to magically happen? I don't know. We, we both have our doubts at this point. I mean, we can be hopeful, but we have our doubts. All right. BG again. Wow. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. He says, so honestly, percentage-wise, are you guys 50-50 on lock starting the entire 2021 season and beyond or less than 50-50? Well, I, I got to remove the beyond for now because it's all about 2021. If lock gets the, the right. call, it's all about this year. So I would tell you that, you know, our, our great sponsor, sportsbetting.com, they put the odds at about a 60% chance lock is the guy under center. But that was before Elway stepped down. That was before George Payton. I'm sure those odds have, sh- have shifted. Mike, what's up, bro? Good to see you. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> I would say it's about 50-50, honestly. That's what I would give it. That's about right where I'm at. Maybe a slight 51-49 in favor of Locke in terms of probability. 
We'll see. And then BG says, I feel like Vic is a top shelf coordinator. Yeah, we got that one. So appreciate you, BG. But what are your thoughts, Zach? I think there's a 100% chance he opens week one as the Broncos starting quarterback, but way less of a probability that he ends the year as the Broncos quarterback. That's why they are going to upgrade the position, whether it's a rookie, whether it's Deshaun Watson, or whether it's Andy Dalton. They're going to have some guy as the fail-safe if the lock experiment busts. So 100% to start week one. And to end the season under center for Denver, I think right now on February 1st, I think I'll put that at 50-50. Yeah. All right, we got Rello takeover again. Appreciate you, bro. I believe George Payton is waiting for Aaron Rodgers. He'll be waiting a long time based on what we heard from uh, LaFleur. Was it yesterday or today? I think it was yesterday. Yeah, he he's says not he's, not, he's not being traded. The, the GM came out and said he's not being traded. I mean, he's not going anywhere, guys. I would be stunned. I would be stunned, my friends. Um, all right, what else we got here? Um, hold on one sec, John. <clears throat> well, I'll get the one you have queued up. <clears throat> Excuse me. In the chat, I'm at about, for what it's worth, I'm at uh, Jaden at 704. Um, and this is him right here. So actually, let me do this. Booyah, Jaden. Appreciate you, bro. Connect with us on Twitter. He says, what's up, guys? Who's someone you want the Bronx to sign and draft that would be realistic but a dream? Mine that's, would be Caleb Farley and yeah, that's pretty good. That that dude, that's right on the money. I mean, you get your you get your current and future lockdown number one corner, and you get that coverage linebacker that can do it all three downs. He can stay on the field all three downs and excel whatever you ask him to do. Problem with David though, Zach, probably a limited shelf life, like maybe two yeah. or three more years where you could really count on him. Realistic, but a dream scenario. I mean, I got to point to Dak Prescott. I mean, there is a, a chance. I'm not saying it's a hundred percent, you know, he's going to come back to Dallas. There's a slight chance that Jerry Jones is out of his mind enough to let him hit the open market. And if that happens, the Broncos will have a quarterback by that point figured out. That'd be my dream scenario. Offer him the money, save the draft capital and go win football games. By the way, guys, I just realized that the link I pasted about the newsletter, the free newsletter, it was so long that it wouldn't fit on one card. So I remembered I had a bitly on it. So I just did the the normal, uh, the real, the real link there for quick click and sign up, easy, free. Um, all right, we are at one oh seven. So let me try and get here. All right, John, it's about to jump, and I'll tell you where I'm at. Um, I am at. Jaden again at 718. So I'll grab him and let me tell you who's in between real quick. We've got um we have got bear with me one second here. Actually, Zach, would you mind reading off his his yeah. super and then I'll dive back in with you yeah. on the other side? Yeah, Jaden dropping in five dollar donation. Jaden, we appreciate you so so much. He appreciate says Brian Dayball for Broncos head coach next year or not. Who else do you see being the coach if it doesn't pan out with Fangio? I'm on record. It it has to be a hundred percent an offensive minded head coach if Fangio or when Fangio is fired. Brian Dayball, probably the top of my list. Eric Bieniemy, maybe Greg Roman in Baltimore, maybe Kellen Moore in Dallas. A lot of young up and coming names. Even maybe Mike Lafleur by that point, he might be ready to lead an NFL offense or NFL uh, coaching staff. You never know. Bieniemy, Brian Dayball, Kellen Moore. I think that and not that order is my top three. You know, prospective head coaching candidates. For next season. Agreed. I agree 100%. And by the way, John, I'm, I've got everybody. I, I, my The jump put me right where we're at, just FYI. So, Muhammad, male model, jumping in again, man. Just Thank you, Mo. Love you, bro. Appreciate you, man. Seriously. Uh, just thank you, my friend. We're, we're stoked to talk to you. And by the way, 
Dale, um, if you're still with us, Dale, we should have you on the show sometime, my friend. You're one of the superstars we've never been able to have on the show. If you'd like to be on, reach out. You know, you, we've corresponded on email before. Send me an email. If you're into that, you'd be open to that. Judas oh. Priest, dude. You got to come on the show now, Dale. You got <laughs> to let us thank you in real time. Come on, we're not worthy. Dale, no, force, force of war on Twitter, by the way. Wow. Love you, Dale. Jeez, he says, yep, got to build right. Even Brady needs talent. Think Mahomes without Hill or Kelsey, that O-line, the defense, and the continuity from Reed. Let's be patient. Franchise quarterback is like a NASCAR driver. He needs some <laughs> muscle under his – we can say because it it's in the Bible. He needs some muscle under his ass. Booyah. Preach. Hey, dude, I don't disagree. Thank you, Dale. Judas, I'm still a little bit stunned. I'm a little yeah. slobber knocker. Boom. But thank you, bro. Dale, seriously. Incredible. Yeah. Dale, we, we tend to share a brain on the Broncos and I agree with you. Just be patient. It's not the, the most fun proposition. It's it's you want to pull your hair out. It's been long enough now, but just a little more patience. I promise you the pot of gold on the other side of that rainbow is worth investing in. And let me tell you something, Dale, email me. All right, let's set it up because it's not as intensive as you might think. Even if you don't have a microphone at home or you don't have lights to illuminate you or anything, all you need, let me let me spell it out, is you come on, you set up your phone, or if you have a laptop with a decent you know, uh, native camera, but even if you don't, you just set up your phone so that it's not moving, right? You just set it up. Maybe you have a stand or you set it against something. We can see you. We bring you on. We do a quick sound test before we actually go live, make sure everything sounds and looks okay. And we just talk to you. We get to know you for five or 10 minutes and it's fun, right? So if that's something you want to do, we'd love to have you on. So hit, hit me up. Jess, good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. He says, which corner is the guy at pick nine? I like Parsons though. I feel you. It's, it really is, um, you know, I'm torn on it because I think Parsons could be a generational guy, but I'm still, you know, wasn't even my team, but I'm still a little, um, you know, traumatized by what happened with, with uh, Ruben Foster, dude, like that. I don't want that for your Denver Broncos. Like this nine pick needs to be a sure thing. And I think Parsons talent is a sure thing, but that off field stuff has me a little, has me tripping a little. I was going to say Ruben Foster was a hell of a talent though on the field. And I'd love to see him in between Vaughn and Bradley Chubb. I mean, with that defense, it'd be incredible. Um, The cornerback at nine, the only guy I think you take there for sure is uh, Caleb Farley. Looking back, you know, when we look back on it three months from now, two months from now, whatever, I think Sertan will go in the teens somewhere, the 12 to 15 range. Top 10 guy, the only lock is Caleb Farley. If he's on the board and Parsons is off the board, Farley has to be the guy. Yeah. Um, another guy to keep in mind, like, we'll see how it, pay, how it pans out with with uh, Farley. We'll see how it pans out with Patrick Sertan, who's not a great scheme fit for Fangio for what it's worth. But a guy to keep an eye on as a potential riser into that top 15, top 10 conversation is J.C. Horn, the South Carolina Gamecock. Yep. Keep an eye on him. Kenneth Booker, love you, bro. He says, did you see Messi's contract, $673 million over four years? Yeah, you want to talk about a slobber knocker. There you have it. Not a soccer guy. So. Me neither. I, That's not a sport. Coin, <laughs> yeah. That's big coin. It is. I'll take Mahomes though. I think uh, his he, he's more valuable. I don't know. Big bigger NFL guy than soccer guy. Honestly, I know the name, but I don't know anything. About, right. I don't follow soccer yeah. um, at all, my friends. So, um, Dale Rude, good to see you, bro. Appreciate you as always. Hey, dude, connect on Twitter. If you don't have a Twitter account, create one. I keep typing your name on Twitter. I'd love to be able to instead of just type your name, I'm tagging you 
on Twitter after every show. He says, we don't need Watson to compete in the AFC West. We're in the, we were in the games this year. Lock next season, I think, 3,500 yards, 25 touchdowns, 10 picks. Hashtag believe the young core. It's what did the Broncos hold Mahomes to last year on defense? I think 200 yards, something like that, two touchdowns, some total in two games. It was phenomenal. They played well enough to win if their offense helped them out in certain spots. You have to play perfect to beat Kansas City, and the Broncos were far from it. But when they're on their game defensively, we've been saying, Chad, they don't need a Watson or a Rodgers. They just need good to above-average quarterback play consistently and let that defense do the rest. Yep. Amen. But hey, I think if that defense does do the rest, 3,500 yards and 25 touchdowns from Drew at a 10 interception clip. That's a playoff team. Two and a half to one, that's a playoff team. Yeah. That is. And I think that's within his grasp. I think he could be that. That's not like blowing the doors down. That's Jay Cutler, 2008 Pro Bowl year. Those numbers just just there. A little less yards, one less touchdown. That's a, that's a, that's a Pro Bowl year. More often than not, that's not a Mahomes Pro Bowl year, and it might not be a Deshaun Watson Pro Bowl year, but that get, that can get you somewhere if your defense, especially, is is doing what we expect it to do under Fangio. Uh, Jason, by the way, dude, I didn't realize till last night we were already connected on uh, that you were following on on Twitter. I found you, and I'm like, dang, dude, I feel guilty. I haven't been following Jason back, so that has been remedied, my dog. Appreciate you. He says, not to dwell on the past, but looking back, I really feel bringing Flacco to Denver did more harm than good. I'm even willing to say he cost Rich Scangarello his job, which hurt Mm. Drew's development. I'm not so sure about the costing him his job thing. I mean, it all was part of the picture in terms of just how bad the offense was with Flacco, the pocket statue to to, uh, quote Zach here. But, you know, look, that fourth-round pick sure sure would have been handy, right? He ended up being a complete waste of time for the Broncos. But, um, you know, here's another thing I'm always going to wonder. We'll never have an answer, but – if Joe Flacco isn't acquired via trade in 2019 and Drew sprains his thumb in preseason game three, do you think he ends up on IR? I don't. Mm. I think he ends up mm, probably, you know, just making their final roster as a, as a, as an active guy, you know, on the roster. He's not on an injury list. And if you can remember, I know it's going back a couple of years, but the reporting, we were reporting on this every single day. Drew was good to go by like week four. He was good to go. He he could grip the ball. He could spin it. He could throw. He could do everything. You get Drew in week four instead of week 13, you wonder even where you're at today. You're a lot farther down the road than, I mean, so yeah, Flacco, we could spend all night talking about what a mistake that was. I'd rather not. I don't want to talk about Joe Flacco any more than I have to. Um, I'm just happy we have a younger quarterback, and I hope the the Broncos keep trending in that direction because that's how that's the way to go nowadays. Isaac, appreciate you, bro. He says, DW motivated me. What a guy. Yeah, Dale is a great guy. He's a he stud. Really, and it's not just tonight, you know, like he's – it's not the first time tonight what he's done. It's not the first time. And um, I've had a lot of good conversations, private conversations with Dale, and he's a good man. And I am envious of his abode in uh, Pacific – the Pacific uh, paradise of Hawaii. Maybe someday I'll come visit you, dog, all right? BG, appreciate you, my friend. What would it realistically take to move up for a QB like Fields or Wilson? And if that happens, would you be stoked or disappointed? I'd be disappointed. I would. I don't think either one of those guys are the sure thing that you move up, you you, you give the farm. What would it take? I don't have the scale in front of me, Zach. Um, From nine to, let's say, two, if you want to get Wilson, you got to get to two. So nine to two, 
what would it take? I mean, I can pull it up. I'm trying to remember. Last time I tr- I did this, this time last year, I tried to spitball. I ended up looking completely ridiculous. But it's probably uh, maybe another first, maybe. Yeah, so and second, probably a, a second or third, yeah. Right? So that's a that's a pretty penny, right, figuratively uh, speaking. Yeah, dude, it was good. Very good to connect. So glad to do that again. Sorry it took so long. All right, and I think we're caught up, right, John? I think we've got all of our great superstars. I would lose my crap, though, if they moved to trade up for Justin Fields. I mean, that would be just disaster written all, all right, over I'm, it. I'm going to do one last thing real quick before we sign off, all right? Uh, value chart. Bear with me. Um, here it, is a first year this year, a first next year, and like a second or third round pick, I think would do it. All right, let me just this is this was uh by the way, <clears throat> the value chart uh was uh the brainchild of the great Jimmy Johnson, who very recently ended up in where he belongs in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, the guy that fleeced the Minnesota Vikings in the uh, Herschel Walker trade way back when. So let's just take a quick a quick peek and then we'll, we'll we got to sign off game. All right, but here's the value chart. All right, so the Broncos sit at pick nine. That pick is worth 1350, 1350 points. All right, pick two is worth almost twice that at 2600. So you have to give up the equivalent of a pick nine to get to pick two. All right, so what would that mean? Let's just let's just look. So the Broncos are in the I want to say 40. So pick 40, you'd have to give you 500. Somewhere in the 70s, I believe the Broncos are as well uh, in round three. So that gets you half the way there. You got to give up another first round pick, dude. You're giving yeah. up a first, a two, and a three, Zach, to, to go from nine to two at least. And and what changes everything is how desperate are you and how much competition is there for that same trade, which ups the price. You know, that's that's the that's a that's a natural law of economics. For non, you know, proven obviously quarterbacks not named Trevor Lawrence. These are still crapshoot prospects and they're not sure things. So giving up that much capital and, and mortgaging your future for someone like uh Fields is disastrous waiting to happen. BG, thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. His comment here is Bar- uh Farley isn't a sure thing either. Honestly, no. honestly, no pick is. No. You got a point there. Cecil Lammy, the great Cecil, I love Cecil. But he would he would uh you know pick a bone with that. He'd, he'd say, no, you know, it's not, the draft is not as crap shoot, but um, you know, I think there is a little element of luck there. And then uh, Kenneth, oops, sorry, John. Um, he says, and thank you, Kenneth. He says, Eric B shouldn't leave Kansas city. He should pull a Dick LeBeau. I'm trying to remember what Dick did. He was the DC of the Steelers for like for a long time. Years. And then he became, I guess just, I guess he's meaning he just stayed forever. Right. He yeah. Was, I think that's yeah. He's gonna be with Kansas City for. I know he eventually he life. was the head coach of the tight or of Tennessee, or was it Houston? To Oilers. I think it was Tennessee for a period. Didn't work out either way. I'm not an expert on LeBeau's uh, resume, but real quick, last thing. Okay, Jess has a question for us. Are you guys planning a pregame stream for the Super Bowl? That's a good question because uh, we still have Wednesday and Thursday with you this week, and then. We're going to be off till Sunday. Sunday is episode five of Kelberman's Corner at noon. And then, of course, we would do our show normally at six uh, Mountain on Sunday. But the Super Bowl is going to be rolling. So we have a decision to make there. We haven't talked about it. Honestly, we haven't considered that quite yet. So anything off the top of your head on that? Or maybe we'll just circle back and let you know on Wednesday. I'm thinking do something either before the game or after the game because I, I would want our audience and ourselves to be able to watch. You know, that's going to be a 
hopefully a great game. So we'll get back to you guys. We'll circle back around later this we'll do week. Something, we'll do something fun, right? Yeah. But, guys, thank you so much for, for joining us tonight. Seriously, what an outpouring of, of support and love and generosity from our superstar community. Love you guys, seriously. I mean, we, we can't say it enough, and we mean it every time. Like, it might seem like we run out of ways to say it, and maybe there's some truth to that, that we run out of ways to say it, but we do. We appreciate you. We love you. It makes a huge difference, and it makes the, the difference to you having these shows and us being able to do these shows uh, daily here at MHH. So appreciate you guys more than we can say, and our Facebook supporters, and those of you giving up stars on Facebook too. It all adds up. So thank you. I follow the pod on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, the main account, at Mile High Huddle. My partner is Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL. Myself at Chad and Jensen and the teddy bear slash beast that'll rip your face off at John K M H H. Okay. And then, uh, Hey, if, if, if you can check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com, get your swag on, get a hack, get a tee and become a supporter on Facebook. Big blue button, go to our page, big blue button. So you can be in on not only Kelberman's corner on Sunday, but we are going to be debuting a new show as well for the supporters you're going to want in on that. That's draft oriented. If you're one of those hardcore draft Knicks that wants the inside scoop on everything that's happening with regard to the draft, the inside analysis, the buzz, what you're hearing, the fits, all that stuff, go become a supporter on Facebook. And other than that, Zach, have a great, uh, we won't, we won't be on again until Wednesday night, but so have a great start to your week and, you and sign us off. Yes, sir. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. As always, we will have more than likely a final call on what we're going to do for Super Bowl Sunday. But like Chad said, we'll do something fun and engaging for our audience. But tune in then. We'll see you Wednesday. Until then, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, 
the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.